From Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, you're listening to Behind the Message. take you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. And I'm Evan Earwicker. And hello, Steve Mickle. Hey, I'm back. Yes. He's back. Back. This is a, this is a busy morning for you. Uh, you just preached a message uh, recorded for video. Yep. I recorded it uh, with the staff chap- with the staff at a staff chapel for two weekends from now. And it went, it went really well. I feel like the more times you do that, I don't know. Yep. It seems like you get more and more comfortable with it. Yeah. And the reality is, it's like everybody's watching video on Sundays anyway now. You know, everybody's looking at the screens. And it's amazing, even with our online crowd, how uh, impacting a message can be, mm-hmm. um, whether it's me or somebody else, you know, in terms of, of, of God speaking uh, through that medium. So it's really cool. Is it any harder for you to do it in front of kind of the small crowd? I mean, our staff were about 30 people or so that were in there this morning and it's a big space to be talking. Yeah, it's, it actually is pretty hard, Ben. I, I, I imagine it full. I, I look at the camera a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, cause it's, it's a bit intimidating to just, you know, it's like 40 people yeah. in a room that holds, you know, 800. And so it's, it's awkward, but you just the lights are pretty bright, so you just kind of go with it. <laughs> Imagine yourself on a Sunday morning. We just want you to feel like we do when we talk to junior hires and all that kind of stuff. You know, just bring you all the way back to those days of ministry. You know, no. where it was so comfortable and no. everything like that. I always, I always feel like with the staff, even like you know, staff lunch. If I'm saying something, I'm always the most nervous. Oh like among, yeah, among peers, For sure. and yeah, way absolutely. more than I mean. Get a couple thousand people in a room, fine. You it's know, way but. easier for me, like you, Evan, to speak to a larger group than a smaller one. Um, and I spend as much time in preparation for either, but it's way more intimidating yeah. for me the same with a smaller group. Well, there's I, something about who's on snap too. And when I go up to talk in front of you guys, I mean, it's Steve <laughs> and it's Evan and it's Bo and it's yeah. Casey and it's Corey and it's... Steve has Mike no peers. He well, is that's true. only subservient. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm a man with no equal. I'm above <laughs> everyone else on the staff. <laughs> So I don't, I don't deal with that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad I'm on staff here at Westside. Um, <laughs> yeah, you are a newcomer, Ben. I, I am. This is what a year in for you? Oh, not even. Not even a year. It's going to be a year in September. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's been a good, good been almost too long. year. So yeah. great. It's been good. So Steve, you talked about rescue in the Psalms. A uh, pretty dominant theme. Yep. Throughout the Book of Psalms, yeah, it is. And you open with a story of being caught in a rip current. Uh, which kind of uh, gave me flashbacks to my own water troubles. But, yes, uh, I remember my uh, nephew saved you from the he did the waters of. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For those who haven't heard the story, uh, I spent thirty minutes in the middle of the lake treading water uh, with no one else on the lake. Um, I jumped off the back of a boat foolishly. The boat took off in the wind, and I was stuck uh, without any kind of flotation devices in the middle of the lake oh my and uh, made the decision. I'm, I'm glad I did. I think it was the right one to stay put rather than trying to swim for shore and fatigue out. So you're literally treading water, Evan, for almost 30 minutes. Yeah. I think it was like 28 minutes in the water. Um, Holy before. smokes. I'd have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> my body does not float. It sinks. Was there any point where you started wondering if you could keep going? Yeah. Yeah. No, about 15 minutes in I, and I'm yelling help. I mean, I'm not shy about it. I'm like screaming yeah. for help, hoping that somebody on shore will hear me. Um, and I'm oh imagining, I'm imagining people having to go look for my body in the oh. water. And that <laughs> thought freaked me out. Wow. I mean, that was almost the motivation to like keep yeah. 
you know, keep going. Oh, I my gosh. Can't give up. Can't give when up. When I think of you, though, I think of a Navy SEAL type guy, though, that could <laughs> tread water for a really long well, time. Well, it's funny you say that because I, I was actually wearing an American flag uh, swimming suit. <laughs> so, in a way. That's what Marines wear, right? The Navy <laughs> SEAL guys. Just like a, them. Though. It was the a American Speedo, Evan, be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a short, it was a shorty short kind of situation. Actually, it was your son, uh, Hudson, and, and Grady that came out on kayaks uh, just to see where I was at because Taking no, way. they were going to come out and meet the boat, and so they come out. They see the boat drifting off by the shoreline, and they see me bobbing in the water. And so, uh, still, no one was like actively looking for you. They kind of came, right? They just wow. kind of stumbled, and they were literally the only people on the lake because it was early in the morning. No one was out. My gosh! Yeah. So, well, it's a great story, Evan, and it's it really is what life can be like, though you know. And I think that's why the the theme of rescue is so important. Is that we get is that I think a lot of people feel like that in life where they're treading water, nobody's around, where's God, you know, yeah. where are my friends? What, and it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a real deal for a lot of people. And that's the thought I had uh, with this message was that constant pushback of everything we preach. Yeah. It sounds nice. And then I get in my own life and I don't see it. You know, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. see this great kind God who comes through and answers prayers, I just don't see it. Right. You know, and that's, I think, the willingness to address that. Yep. And it, and the reality is, is God rescues us in ways and, and in timing that we don't always expect mm. or want, or maybe we don't even see it. I mean, did the disciples think they were being rescued from their own sin when Jesus went to the cross? Not a chance. Right. I mean, that, you know, and, uh, and so I think that's uh, a real tension point um, in the in this theme and in a lot of themes that we talk about in church is so when is it going to happen you mm-hmm. know maybe it already has and we just didn't recognize it yeah. and, and I think that's something we have to um, be honest with so along with that Steve do you feel uh, and you, you brought up Chase this last weekend and, and talked about kind of that feeling that needing to be rescued in the middle of kind of your own hopelessness and yeah. uh, do you feel rescued from that right now yeah, it's interesting. That's a great question, Ben. I, man, you should have told me that you're going to ask me that deep of a question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yes and no, I guess is the way I would answer that. Because um, rescue in that situation for me um, looks very much like Chase is still here. That's mm-hmm. my idea of rescue. That's my idea of getting through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not going to happen. And so the, the answer would on that side would be no. But then I have to be honest about um, I'm not laying in a ditch somewhere, yeah. um, unable to function, and and how is that possible? Um, and I would say unequivocally, it's because of God's presence in my life. Mm-hmm. He didn't leave me um, stranded on the side of the road. Um, he picked me up. He really did. And I, that's the only way that I can, and I tell my, my friends, especially those that aren't in church a lot, that it's the only way that I could, that I could, that I'm standing, yeah. right? That I'm like actually standing right now yeah. and is because of God's, God's ability to rescue me. And it's not, he's not going to give me what I want. He, he hasn't given him back yet, mm-hmm. but he, but his presence is real. Yeah. And that, and in some ways it has to be enough. It doesn't feel like it is sometimes, to be honest. But and that was one of the the reason I asked that question. That I was sitting in the in the sanctuary and I was listening to you preach, and that was the only question that could come to my mind. 
was, uh, and part of it, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get ready for this podcast and have an idea of some questions to ask, but immediately when, cause you presented it so well and you talked about this idea of rescue so well, and I was sitting there and I was going, I wonder if he feels rescued. Cause I, we've talked about a lot of other yeah. things that, that you have gone through during this process in your life. And you, I think have felt more hopeful now maybe than you did before. Maybe it's a day by day thing. Right. Um, you've, you've discovered more of the nature of God. I think through a lot of those things, there's a lot of results that you've talked about that you've gotten in your own life through going through this process. But rescue is one of them. I was like, man, I wonder if that, if he feels there, you know? Yeah. So that was kind of where that Even the from. story I told at the end of my message about Peter, I, I didn't dive into it, the reality. I mentioned it briefly that Jesus didn't calm the storm before Peter walked on the water and went out to him. That's really interesting to me. That rescue could have been very much, let's just still the storm. He had done that before. Why didn't he do it then? And I think that it's, I've learned a lot about that I don't know a lot about God. I don't I don't have it all figured out. He doesn't do the same things twice. He doesn't work the same way twice all the time and I just have to be okay with that if I want to be in relationship with him. You made the distinction in your message between wants, what we want God to do and what we need God to do. We want freedom from sickness. Uh we want to be rescued from heartache and suffering. We want death to be destroyed, but what I need is to be forgiven. Yeah. Uh but I would I would say with that, um, it can be really a tough pill to swallow when God says no to the things we want. Yep. Even though He provides forgiveness, and it, it can feel a little bit like a cop out, like a preacher's cop out to say, "Yeah, oh, I, I, I know I know you want your life to be better. It's not going to be." But hey, God forgave you. <laughs> yeah. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's so true, Evan. But I I just keep going back to the reality that this life is temporary. He could heal me today, but I'm going to get sick tomorrow. I mean, that sounds awful, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like, ooh, this is a great. I'm so glad I listened to the podcast today. <laughs> um, but one day I will. Yeah, one, I'm not going to live forever, and I'd rather have my eternity solid and know that that where I get to spend it, and rather than this life being exactly the way I want it and everything works out mm-hmm. perfectly for a minute. And then I don't know what comes after. I I want the after. I really do. And I and with Chase Chase's death, that has brought the eternity. And like I mean, I mean, I know I should have wanted to see Jesus more than anything else. But let's be honest, it's not always easy to get there. Now with a son there, man, we want we want to make sure that we're there and that as many people as possible get yeah. to be there too. What's that process like? Uh, and I guess but either one of you could answer this. You, you know, we've all been through something like, you know, not exactly like this. But anyway, when you when you're going through and you're talking about rescue and you're getting prepared and you're making yeah. these points and uh, and we just talked about how you know you I'd ask you if you feel rescued and as well you know, in between you know, I feel like sometimes maybe. Yeah, exactly. um, what's it like to go and to to preach with passion and to preach with direction and conviction about this is what the word of God says. And at the same time, I would imagine at least it's happened to me in, in some of my preparation, you go, man, I'm going to say this and I'm having a really hard time even believing it right now while I'm just getting ready to say it this weekend. What's that process like? Yeah, for me, um, for me, Ben, I have to believe it. I'm not going to give the church the pat Christian answer. I'm just not. I, I, it, I used to. 
I used to do it all the time. Mm. I used to just give them theological truth that I knew was right, but um, I wasn't experiencing it. Mm. I just refused to do that. I refused to do that. And um, and so for me, this re- theme of rescue, I've um, and I just I felt constrained to not go too far into my journey again, yeah. you know, just because I've done that a lot, but. Um, I've experienced rescue, real rescue, and I and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna tell the church to trust God with that if I haven't experienced it, just because it's it's in the Bible. I'm not gonna read scripture, get everybody hyped up, mm. and and if if it's not real to me, I just I I just I'm no I have no no interest in that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I know preachers do it, and it's truth. And we but what we do is we put truth above any other um, relational issue. I mean it's. I want to know Jesus mm. like today. I want to know, is he real to me today? Is he rescuing me today? Um, I, don't want to, I don't want to know that he is a rescuer. I want to know that he rescues me today. And especially in the Psalms, I, I feel like the psalmists write with that mentality. They're going to write these things from where they're at. And especially with David, you don't, you don't see the pat answers. You don't see whatever. I don't know what, you know, in that century, what the typical Jewish expression. Of, but with David, you get this real expression. When he doubts God, he says it. When he is full of faith, he says it. Hmm. When he needs rescue, he says it. And so we find this. It's not Paul's writing. It's not, you know, a long doctrinal um, statement. It's it's the raw, this is what I feel. Um, that's right. In, in these passages that we're talking through. And I think that's where people live. And people need to wrestle with this stuff. It's there. There are no easy answers. There are no pat answers. Um, you you have, but you have to be willing to dive in and experience it and and yell at God and and you can't and we have a tendency in our culture to go in and out. I'm going to go and I'm going to wrestle with God, but I'm going <laughs> to tap out before He has a chance to respond. That's unfair. That's wow. That's weak. I think. And so I'm going to go to God and say, God, why didn't you? Why haven't you? Why aren't you? And then am I just going to walk out or am I going to give him a chance to talk? Because there, there's the point where life change and maybe I'll actually get answers that I don't necessarily want, but I know I need. And that's, but we, we like to move pretty quickly from those moments. I think of the book of Job, you know, so much complaint after all this stuff goes down. Imagine if he had just tapped out, you know, but it's, it's in the, the really tough responses from God followed by the rescue of God yeah. that make it a story that we read, you yep. know, uh, and God says to Job, let me tell you some things after yeah. Job rants. <laughs> yeah. So let me just tell you some things. Were you there Yeah. when the heavens were created? I mean, it's just, it's good. It's good for us to be sit in that, um, in that in- angst, in that place of un- uncertainty and listen and mm-hmm. to see what God might actually, might actually say. I think of that. You remember that scene from Prince of Egypt? Like 20 years ago, <laughs> but the burning bush scene. Hey, uh, Ben, you're a pastor's kid. You grew up watching crummy animated movies. <laughs> it was like DreamWorks' big hit, you know? It uh, was. No, but it was I, a big deal. I, I always remember that. I, was, I don't know how old I was, but seeing that, and it's like this uh, the animation, but it's, it's the burning bush scene, and God is responding right. to Moses, and Moses has kind of given up. Like, he's had this whole life. Now he's just out kind of trying to bide his time right. and live his life out. God responds, um, and I guess we could just talk about the Bible. We don't have to talk about the animation. But <laughs> in that moment, it's like God's calling him back in to participate in probably the greatest rescue ever recorded in history, the, mm-hmm. the liberation of the Jews from Egypt. 
And I just thought of that, like, could we be partners with God when he invites us back into the conversation after we want to tap out? Yeah, and imagine, I mean, Moses is, must have been disappointed when he realizes that it means 40 years right. of wandering. I thought we were going to the promised land, God. Now I, and and then he doesn't even get in. <laughs> He's not going to make it. Right. That and 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 if we were talking to Moses today, he would not. He would he would say that God is a rescuing God. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things he did on the Mount Transfiguration when he shows up with Jesus to encourage him. There's life. There's life on the other side of this. Yeah. There's gonna you're gonna get it. You're gonna get through. Um, and I just, I think we've got to, we've got to have those Moses moments, those Mount moments, you know, like Jesus had where we're reminded, um, this isn't all there is, mm. this life. And it stirs that longing. And I've seen that both in your words and Suzanne's, um, through everything is just this, this stirring up of a longing and that realization of like, this isn't home. Like this, no. as good as this can be, as good as life can be and as great as it um, it's just not going to satisfy our souls like being home yeah. will. We will get glimpses of it. There is such beauty in this world, in this in this life, and we will love it. And there will be moments like this is I was made for this, and it's always a glimpse of what eternity is going to mm-hmm. be like. And I and I and that's and that's what we've been rescued to. Um, we've been rescued from a, a a life of meaninglessness and emptiness and brokenness and sin and shame to a life that we do catch glimpses of here and now, which I'm thankful for, um, but it's always pointing towards something else. So let me ask you this. Are we a people in those moments where we're talking about, and we've, we've even seen it, David when he's yelling at God and, and walking through all these things, kind of like we said, you know, if we're not feeling it, we're going to talk to God about the real thing. And we know that we've read this in scripture and that we believe this to be truth. And at the same time, what we're experiencing right now isn't lining up with all that scripture. When we're in those moments where we're yelling at God, are we a people of faith? Are we a person of faith in that specific moment? Yes. Cause you're who you're yelling at. So, I mean, Atheists, who do atheists yell at? <laughs> I mean, science. Science. <laughs> and it's just not to Christians? like bad mouth atheists. I <laughs> right. hope there's some atheists listening to the podcast. Yeah, sure. I, I hope that they're, they're leaning in because this, the fact that you're yelling at God mm-hmm. says you have faith. Mm-hmm. That very, in, in essence, is like, I believe in him. So <laughs> yeah. enough to like talk to him. And so I think, I think faith oftentimes is like, Okay, I just kind of have to put up with my crummy old life, and thank you, Jesus, for that. Yeah, no, it's not. Faith is like getting in the in the ring with them, and yeah. that's a, and that's belief. And again, it's you got to stay there long enough though for it to be a, a two way conversation. And I, I totally agree with that answer. It's just, yeah, I, and I think it's part of a, a shift culturally that the church as a you know kind of the big C church is going through as a whole because I do think that before. At least it, from what I experienced in a lot of my life, it was, no, it, God is faithful, and this sucks, but we're not going to talk a lot about that. We're, gonna, we're not going to put our focus on the problem. We're going right. to put our focus on our God, you know, kind of a thing, right. which kind of sounds good, and it's good bumper sticker kind of thing, but it's not necessarily what it's always expressed within the realm of Scripture. And, and not only that, Ben, what happened with that, as, as true as those things might be that they, people were preaching, or the generation before us were mm-hmm. preaching, what happened is that people withdrew. 
they may have showed up on Sunday still, but their problems didn't come with them. Mm-hmm. Their brokenness didn't come with them. You entered into churches and everybody's smiling and everybody's good. And, and that's not life. That's not real life. And I think I like where we're at today. I like that we're moving toward an openness and like you can be raw and real yeah. and, and that's okay. And we're still going to speak truth about who God actually is, yeah. but it may not be as you know, nice and tidy. Right. As it used to be. And when we don't lean into that conversation with God, I think it means we're leaning out of this idea of needing to be rescued, which you addressed this last weekend. You're talking about your own will. And, and that was one of the things that you you shed light on in my own life because you, you shared the story about the lifeguard coming out and getting you um, in the ocean when you really needed help. And you said, you, you know, you didn't really want to be helped. <laughs> um, it's funny how sometimes even when we're rescued by God or, or and we go through that process, it really just opens us up to the truth that, oh my gosh, I needed to be rescued. Yep. That really sucked. Yep. <laughs> like I didn't want to need to be rescued. I'm a pretty independent person. I don't need this in my life. And then sometimes we're rescued, which is awesome, good thing. But like you see in the movies, you know, the damsel in distress or the guy, you know, saved by the superhero or whatever. And there's these great reactions like, oh, thank you, Spider-Man or whatever. <laughs> and I think sometimes in our own lives, we get rescued by God or we get rescued by a friend that God sent to help us. And we're like, well... Thanks. <laughs> we want to be the hero of every of our story. Exactly. That's and, right. And uh, you know, we want we don't want to be saved. We want to save. We want to be the one that goes in and the Grady and the Hudson who come and save you, right. Evan, on the right. lake. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to admit that I needed to be saved. That I got myself stuck out in the middle of a lake. <laughs> Thanks for reminding. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't even want to start yelling for help. Right. Like at first, right. that, even that is like embarrassing because wow. I'm I'm thinking. You know what? I just rented this boat from this guy at the marina. Well, that's super embarrassing for me if he sees me jump off the back from a distance and then start screaming for help. Like, what am I? You know, eight years old. I can't figure out how to just not do stupid things. Yeah. So even even yeah. the asking for assistance by the time help arrived, then it's like I'm just so desperate. Yeah. Then all sense of like. Self-respect and, is and gone. That speak to the human condition. That's exactly though. right, Ben. We have, to, we have to get to that point of desperation before we actually reach out and receive the help that's available. And I know that. I know that really well now. That there's not. There's a point where we're we're just going to keep doing it. We're just going to keep. I'm fine. Yeah. I don't need any help. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I lost my job. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I don't need any help. I'm certainly not going to help God. Ask God for help, <laughs> or ask my my spouse for help, or ask my friends for help. I'll figure it out. Really? What? we've got to break this mindset, I think in our culture a little bit that we're, you know, we're just so, you know, self-sufficient and, and I'll talk more about that in a couple weekends, but. And I think we even can approach church this way too. We show up and we kind of take in all the sermons and we put them in our back pocket and go, okay, well, when I get real desperate, I'll come back to this <laughs> or, rescue idea. This would be really good for my mother-in-law. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to yes. copy this and send it to yes. fill in the blank. You know, That's that, my favorite after-sermon person. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to the podcast, don't ever come up to a pastor and go, oh my gosh, I am going to get the CD and send this to my son-in-law. He really needs to hear it's this. It's for you. It's for you. <laughs> but I do. we do. We want to put those in the back yeah. pocket and yeah. we want to say, you know, this will yeah. be my life preserver 
someday along. Um, and it's funny cause I've been that guy. And now that we're talking about it, I, I understand even more that I need to kind of fight against that because we do, we just think, well, okay, you know, we'll, we'll use this at a later time when we really need to break the glass in case of emergency, instead of kind of lining our regular lives and walk with it. This whole idea of, of not being so independent instead being dependent when we really need to be. And God's not afraid of that. He's not uh, mad about it. Um, like if we're independent, you know, independent, 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 and then we hit that point of desperation, we haven't even talked to him for years, yeah. right? We've just like, we're, I'm just going to do this myself. I don't need God. As soon as we say, God, I need you, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's right there. I mean, it's not, he, he doesn't even think about the last five years that you wow. were trying to do it on your own. He's like, wow. oh, great. I was waiting, you know? And unfortunately, this is a reality. It's a very unpopular one is that sometimes God will allow and I would say even cause things to help us get to that point. Wow. And that's not popular. That is definitely not the God people um, want to hear about. But I, I know that that happens. Yeah. And what you said about catastrophe allows us to understand our need for rescue. Man, um, I think what you're getting at there is that it reveals our need. It, it exposes yeah. our yeah. weakness and our need. That for was already there. That was already, yeah. that already existed. It's not something that God does because he wants to be the rescuer. Oh, I'm going to put a bad situation in Steve's life. So he'll run to me. It's it, it. I think he allows some things like that to happen in my life so that I recognize that, um, I was, I was just living my own deal and trying to make it on my own. And, um, that wasn't going to get me very far. Isn't it amazing how embarrassment can kind of line both sides of that road where, you know, you're just, you were just talking about, man, I haven't even gone to church. I haven't talked to God in five, 10 years. And now like, oh shoot, I need him. And <laughs> hell, I'm going to pray and I'm really embarrassed. <laughs> and then there's the other side where we actually get rescued. God comes through. And even then our, our kind of soul will go, oh man, I can't believe I just needed to be rescued. Like how sick and twisted are we that we can be rescued or we can have everything exposed and we can know the source. We can know what we need. And we're embarrassed on either end of that. That yeah. is just... Yikes! That's yeah, I'm horrible. horrible I'm Ben. I'm horrible at asking people for help. Yeah, I mean, me too. You know, come over and paint my house. Just had a guy come over. He offered like two years ago, and I was like, I don't. Oh my gosh, I don't want to. Can I, I get his card? This, yeah. <laughs> I know. He's an amazing. Oh my gosh. So he. So I did. I just. I asked him two years later. I wow. said, Hey, is that offer still available? It's one of the hardest things for me to do. I hate asking for me stuff. Too. I hate it, and I just. But now I'm getting to a point where. I'm realizing it's asking for help, whether it's from God or from someone else, creates connection Mm -hmm. with that person that would not have existed if I hadn't asked for help. And that is better. That's the deal. I think that's what we're after. It's not, I need help. It's that what comes after. Like, I think Henry now, and we talked about that a little bit, Henry, knowing what he said about what happens after Peter got rescued, Mm. the hand in hand, walking back to the boat. It was that connection that he had with Christ. And I, and I want that not just with him, but I want that with other people. And that only comes sometimes when we're vulnerable enough to say, I need help. Wow. And so much of this really flies in the face of our pride. I just feel like this whole conversation, it's like, Pride will always block everything good that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Our rescue, our admittance that we need. I mean, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Man, my, I just want to. I want to be in control. I want people to look up to me and think I'm in charge. And 
good all the right. time. Right. And all this requires us taking a step back and just being like, help. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do anything. Yeah. What did David pray that I, that I want a broken and a contrite heart? Oh, God. It's just, it's a constant realization. I don't have it. I actually don't have it together. Yeah. And for leaders, I think that are listening today, um, this goes for us as pastors all the way down to managers or, you know, business owners, dads, moms. I mean, a a leadership that comes from a place of vulnerability, um, we've got to get there and put away this, I'm the big man. You know, I can always do it. I can handle it. Um, I had a wall last year. Uh, around October, um, after Chase's death, I could not, and I could not get up again to preach. I mean, there was just like you can't. I, I just, I like you were talking, asking me before Ben. Is there times when you, you know, you're just mm-hmm. spouting off truth that you don't actually believe? Or and I, I hit that in October, and the hardest thing that I had that I've ever done in my life was to sit down with the team, um, my primary team, and tell them that wow. I don't have it, guys. I don't. And I don't know what to do. And that, I felt so embarrassed. I felt like a loser. I felt like, you know, what right do I have to lead an organization like Westside and the people like Westside? I mean, who am I if I can't even do this, if I can't even fight through this, if I can't even get through this? And so, and so I, but I couldn't. And so I confessed my need to this group and, uh, uh, and they fired me. No, <laughs> that's what we're afraid of. Right. Sure. We're afraid that yeah. of rejection. Of loss. What was the response like, though? What did the, what, what was even? Do you remember anything that they said, or, or what the conversation felt uh, like after you said that? Pastor Bo said, "I wondered when you were going to get here, Steve." I was like, "Oh, okay." And she was, and then somebody said, um, "Yeah, it's been amazing how far you've been able to go um, up until now." Wow. And so, and 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 and, and so it was just like this embrace. It was like this: how much time do you need? Um, you know, and not everybody can be in that kind of situation, but that I, I hope and pray that everybody listening can have re- a relationship or two where they could be that vulnerable. And what they get in return is love, is acceptance, is embrace, um, is rescue, a hand, you know, that wow. reaches out to them. You know, that's not going to happen everywhere. I know that, but at least maybe we can have one or two relationships that are like that. Mm-hmm. And I know God's like that. And and it may not look the way we want it. You know, we might lose a job and God doesn't give us a job. But what he does give us is his presence. And I know that sounds so cliche, but when Jace died there, I don't, I didn't have anything else. Mm. And it, and it was enough. It had to be. That's good. I was um, praying for a lady a couple of years ago. um, And she had a terminal cancer or illness of some sort. And, um, I think, you know, typically our response is, well, we're going to get healing today. You know, we're going to, and I just felt so strongly to, um, to not pray for healing, but to pray for just an awareness of that she wasn't alone Mm. in that. And I think sometimes when we pivot away from just what we just assume is the right course and even our own lives, and we just say, God, what are you really trying to get at here? Maybe it's not that replacement job or that immediate healing. Right. What are you really trying to teach me? Yep. What, yep. what am I supposed to really sit in right now? Yep. I yep. can, you know. Yeah, as charismatic Pentecostals, which is our, we come out of that tradition of really believing in the work of the Spirit and what mm-hmm. He wants to do. We, uh, we we can gloss over pain mm-hmm. and brokenness really fast, and even even point to other factors like, oh, you must have sin. In, do you have sin? You got you 
You probably got sin in your life. That's why you need to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> it's like, uh, no, I think, I think this is just life, right? Yeah. And I think that it's, it's running to God to find what he wants, like you're saying, Evan, in the midst of that. Yeah. Well, so good. Um, man, this conversation, I feel like many of these uh, weeks could be entire series on their own. You know, and even as we kind of dive into this, yeah. it's just so rich. Um, and we have several more of them in this series to go. So really looking forward to that. Um, hope you'll continue to join with us as we walk through these uh, messages. Tell your friends about us, behindthemessage.org.